0: From the Schmoes No Network Studios in Los Angeles, California, it's time for Meet the Movie Press. And now, here's your host, Editor in Chief of SchmoesNo.com, Mark Riley, and from the rap, Jeff Snyder. Well, hello, Schmoville. Woo. This is another episode of Meet the Movie Press. My name is Mark Riley, or Riley, as you guys know me. Uh, most of you know me. Uh, I am Editor in Chief of SchmoesNo.com, and Sitting to my far right is my co-host,
1: Jeff Snyder, of The Rap. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Jeff. How are you, sir? Wonderful. Good. I'm excited that we have uh, such a, an incredible guest this morning.
0: I know, and uh, let's just get right to it. We have Amy Nicholson, the Amy Nicholson, on Twitter. Is that correct?
2: Well, there's a lot of Amy Nicholson's. That's why I'm am the Amy Nicholson.
0: Because you're, you're the only one.
2: <laughs> there's a girl in Scotland who's gotten a lot of my hate mail.
0: Really? Well, that's okay. She's like, you're like publicist
1: and stuff. She can like, scan through it. Yeah,
2: totally. It made us, we, we all became Twitter friends because of it.
0: Oh,
1: that's really cool. <laughs> and and by the way, any if there are any Jeff Snyders out there who want to meet me, just reach out. Yeah, that's, you that's know right. You find me. Yeah, any <laughs>
0: doppelgangers, any, uh, you know, vicious
1: clones, I'm just like jealous. let us know. Amy has a club of Amy's.
0: Yeah, right. I
2: do, and one of them is a documentary filmmaker who's really good. We have oh. a really awesome, that's the benefit of a generic name.
0: There, there you go. I guess so, right? But Amy is our guest. Amy Nicholson is chief uh, film critic at LA Weekly and she's the author of uh, Tom Cruise, Anatomy and Actor Tom Cruise, which I'm so excited. We are going to talk about Tom Cruise uh, a lot on this show and especially your book. I'm pumped. I know. I am too because he is one of my favorite actors of all time. I know a lot. He has a stigma behind him right now. but um, he's. You know, we're
2: going to change that today.
0: Yeah, we're going to change that and I really want to get into your article that kind of started it off um, and as well as leading into your book and how you did it and the research and all that kind of stuff. But what we do in Meet the Movie Press, of, of course, to start is we talk about movie news and all the things that kind of go with it because it's it's becoming – look, the landscape is changing every every day. We have so much uh, movie news breaking. We talked last week about exclusives and these hot words that come out. We got a scoop here. <laughs> we got an exclusive here. And how everybody – now people are like in talks and they're not even signing – any dotted lines, but people are, you know, first to the gate with that kind of news.
1: Which yep, we can't. It's uh, it's it's fun. People like talking about this stuff. Um, you know, I'm sure agents uh, would rather wait for deals to close and, and things like that. People in business affairs, but uh, such is life.
0: Such is life. But that is what the community of Schmoville is. Amy, when I was talking to you a little bit about Schmoville, and they are a rabid fan base. They are a passionate and loyal fan base, and they're, and now you're a part of it. So. That's true,
2: and before we started, you made a promise to me yes, about sh- your fan base, and yes. I, I'm really excited about this. Yes, Shmoville,
0: um, you do so many great posters and <laughs> photoshops. Amy would like her face photoshopped on a Channing Tatum, right, correct, and Step Up?
2: Yes, yeah, specifically from Step Up.
0: Okay. Yes. Step Up, which uh, you're a big fan of, by the way, you just saw...
2: I just uh, stayed up... If I look a little tired, it's because I had to see the midnight of Step Up Five last night.
1: Step Up Five? <laughs> Step Up Five. That's already, def, that is dedication, Amy. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> wow. I was
2: so excited. I had a dance battle. Uh, one of your critics, Alonzo Duralde from The rap, we dance off in the theater because we were the only people there. Did
1: anybody there. record this?
2: No, it was not recorded. Oh but my he, God, that would have gone Alonzo through the roof. But Alonzo's really flexible. By the, yeah, the no, he's got... He can
1: move. Wow.
2: Are you as good of a dancer?
1: You know what? I'm not going to lie, I am. <laughs> We're going to do that right now, OK. Screw movie
0: news. You guys dance off right now.
1: Um, <laughs> all right, so, so yes, yeah, step up. Amy, Amy wants her face photoshopped onto Channing Tatum, Schmoville. Take care of her.
0: Yes, And follow her at the Amy Nicholson on Twitter. Welcome her to Schmoville. Uh, this is a great thing. I am a big fan of yours after reading your articles and oh, checking out some of your book. I didn't get to read all of it, but I'm going to do so it's because it's, it's Tom Cruise though. So, but nice. before we do that, I I, I don't want to blow the load yet. Yeah, let's yet. back we, up. Okay. We got to talk about True Detective, okay? Shmova, you've been going crazy. Jeff Snyder over at The Wrap and over to my right has been dropping some major scoops. Jeff, d- d- lead us off with this True Detective stuff.
1: Um. Well, geez, where do we start? I think we have to start with the casting. Yes, right? let's do, let's do the
0: casting because I know a lot of people in Shmova were like, "Oh, you can't really talk about it because it's meet the movie press." No, 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 no. We're talking about this because this is some big stuff. Movie it's actors, movie
1: stars, yeah, are who are, are, are now doing
0: TV. they are gravitating to very good television.
2: That's where a lot of the good roles are.
0: Absolutely, and True Detective being probably one of the best examples of that. I mean that that first season is amazing. And now we're going into season two, and lead us there, Jeff. So,
1: so you know, it looks like Colin Farrell is a definite for yeah. the male lead. Um, That's all. Awesome. I'm not. Sure- Sure, where Taylor Kitsch stands at this moment in time? Okay, it, it's looking good, I think, but uh, I don't want to say that he's in the show. It does look like Vince Vaughn is going to be on the show. Yeah. He's not going to be one of the three main investigators. He is not going to be necessarily the villain per se, because True Detective is a mystery-based series, after all. Okay. Right. There, I don't think I really don't think and I don't know any more than than anybody else uh, Mm -hmm. that at the end of the series Vince Vaughn will be revealed as you know the killer of you know whatever crime uh, they're going to set up but I think he is being set up as the antagonist to an extent okay uh, and then the other, you know, rumors are circ- sort of circulating around Elizabeth Moss from Mad yep. Men as the third, uh, as the third investigator, the female lead. Um, and I don't know, what do you guys make of this?
2: I am so excited about Colin Farrell because I love him. I love his eyebrows. I love he has the most expressive <laughs> face mm-hmm. on, on the big screen, and I think he could actually make the small screen feel even more alive.
0: Absolutely, and I am a huge fan of his uh not for some of the roles he does like Bullseye and Daredevil or anything. In Bruges is one of the best movies ever made and he is fantastic oh in my that god, movie. Oh god, that's
2: one of my top 10 movies. Yeah,
0: isn't wow. it? I love that movie and the fact that he's going to be in it is is when I heard that I was like, "Oh my god, that's a good that's good casting right there."
2: That is excellent. And he could use it because I think he and Taylor Kitsch have gone through the same thing, Colin Farrell before him of being accused of not being able to carry a movie.
0: Right. Right. And
2: I would like to see Taylor Kitsch be able to like prove everyone wrong.
0: Yeah, he's you know what he got a bad rap for Battleship and, and maybe Gambit for Wolverine Origins and all that kind of stuff.
2: And John Carter.
0: And John Carter, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I didn't even think of John Carter. But I'm sorry, he, he's uh, what's the, the movie with Mark Wahlberg? Uh, it's called uh, Lone
1: Survivor. Yeah, you know he was great in that as Mike Murphy. <sighs> God, he was so he was good. He was really, really and also good. Also,
2: the movie where he played a drug dealer, the Oliver Stone one.
1: Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was good in Savages. Was good. Savages. Savages, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You cannot put John Carter and Battleship on him. No, no, absolutely. You can, but
2: we do because we're the press, and we like to talk about stuff, right? And, and start kind of crazy, you
1: know what comes with stardom and and fame, and that's is, is responsibility. You yeah. so you you get the credit when you hit, and you take the blame when you miss. Absolutely,
0: and that's kind of sad that we do that. But uh, not we sitting here at the table, but the media collectively. It, the media collectively. I mean, we kind of roll with these stories. We kind of jump on what's hot and uh, maybe controversial. But uh, with this, it's like you always – like when a movie fails, you're either putting it on the writer – or not even the writer. It's always the actor
1: or maybe the director. What, what I true. like,
2: And the director and the actor are kind of the people who have the least to do with it in some
1: ways. Yeah. They're just doing their job. But what I like, like about Colin Farrell – do you guys remember uh, Pride and Glory, Gavin O'Connor? Yeah. Something? Isn't there a scene where he sort of, like, has, like, an iron, and he's, like, holding it over a baby, kind of, or something like that? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't ever use it, but what I like about Colin Farrell is that he's dangerous as an actor, and there's always a threat of violence, you know? Um, and you're never quite sure what he's capable of or what could set him off. It's
2: true, and it's not just because he's, like, a big, heavy, tough guy. It's right. because no. he almost seems so frail, and he's so full of soul that he would do anything to survive. It's, like, kind of a wild animal in a trap
1: sort of danger you know that's good that's good stuff I've a lot
2: about him I really like him
0: yeah obviously (laughs) and and he like I said this is a a fantastic casting if this all comes to be and
1: yeah. And, and Vince Vaughn, likewise, you know, he, he's another guy where people are like, oh, I know him from the Wedding Crashers and Swingers. He's the comedy guy. He's, he's not right for this. Vince Vaughn has done a lot of solid dramatic work. Um, yep. And I, I you've seen in some of the choices that he's made as far as what he's been developing lately, he's been looking for this movie to sort of. Uh, diversify and to get out of those studio comedies like Delivery Man, which didn't perform very well, although right. I enjoyed it. Um, he's, he's been looking for something darker. I did. I did enjoy Delivery Man.
0: Well, that's what I like uh, uh, essentially about Vince Vaughn is that he is going to do something dramatic, and I want to see that. I love Vince Vaughn. I, think, I agree. He's a great dramatic actor. We haven't seen him. He's now the Wedding Crasher guy or the the, the internship or Delivery Man. He hasn't really hit something, so this is – It's a great opportunity. It's in to put the brand True Detective now on it, which like everybody loves because of the first season. We got Emmy nominations galore coming, and now so we have season two now with this cast. Jeff, how did you how did you come across this? I mean, that's what we talk about here. Like meet the movie press. We talk about the scoops and we talk about. the the reporting.
1: To be honest, you know, we were not on Vince Vaughn at all. I think that mm-hmm. was TV line that broke it. And then Deadline um, added some really interesting backstory where I think it was that Nick Pizzolatto was hired to do the Rockford Files for oh, Vince yeah. Vaughn or something like that. Yeah. And so they forged a relationship and... It sounds like he sort of wrote this part with Vince in mind. Oh, that's, wow, that's nice. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at least we know it's going to be sort of tailor made to you know his abilities and, and his talents. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Moss uh, and Michelle Forbes were names that are. TV reporter Tony Maglio at The Wrap, he heard those names a couple of weeks ago, and Mm -hmm. we checked them out and had trouble confirming them, and and they're still not confirmed, don't get me wrong, but uh, it was Justin Kroll at Variety who mentioned Elizabeth uh, sort of at the tail end of his Vince Vaughn story, and once he threw her name out there, I felt more comfortable sort of saying that she's definitely the frontrunner for the female lead, there's definitely interest there, and what's interesting to me about that is that... I didn't think she would do it because she just did Top of the Lake, which is the same sort of show. That's right. That's
0: right. Well, you know what? I want to go back. You said something interesting where sure. Kroll dropped Elizabeth uh, Moss's name. Right. It's a, and a you, trade trick. Yeah. And you felt comfortable talking about it. Now, this it sounds like a very symbiotic relationship happening with the different trades. You know, you are you talking to these guys? Are you calling them on the phone and going, hey, you dropped Elizabeth Moss's name. Is this, you know, can we talk about it?
1: Uh, certainly not before we publish. I mean, after I after Justin posted and then I posted, I definitely texted him and I was like, "So you know, you've been hearing Elizabeth too for a while." He's like, "Yeah, okay." You know, there's definitely something there, and I was like, "Okay, yeah."
2: Wait, wait, because you seem like a competitive guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, Justin and I have, still have a great relationship. He's he's one of my best friends out here, and um, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely can't trade notes before it's time sure. to hit the button, but after that, I think we can talk about oh, who who was helpful and yeah. who was not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. And and so, Amy, do you do any kind of scoops yourself, or are you just kind of reporting? And you. Chief film critic, so you're watching a lot of movies and you're you're discussing them on L.A. Weekly.
2: Yeah, I get to be sort of in my nice bubble, but I follow you on Twitter. Oh, no, so
1: I, I love you know. that we have Amy here because, <laughs> you know, while I'm in the business of, of scooping news, like, the, mo- the movie press is not just people who break news. It's people who analyze the news. It's the film critics, and, and that's what we're going to – those are the people we're going to meet on this show. The yeah, whole I've spectrum. seen a lot of film
2: critics who, you know, their jobs have asked them to get more and more into news, and some of them – like, critics – Newsbreaking and criticism are such different brains. Like I don't yeah. I don't have that like hunger to dig stuff out that sure. I think you do and I wish I had some, some more of that, but I I, w- I would find it almost impossible to do what you do. And
1: I and I used to be a film critic and I really? don't really write proper reviews anymore yeah. because I just I'm not as good as it as you guys are. But yeah.
2: I like that. Does that mean that like, you have a real love for film? It's not just about the news for you. It's oh not no, just of course not. Like I I started
1: that. out, you know, writing reviews for Ain't It Cool for free and for the the yep. student paper. And I did not. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, he was Mira Jeff. That's right. Oh, he was Mira so. Jeff at
1: Ain't It Cool, which I followed for years. And
0: I mean, that's kind of I love this. I mean, it's like so we have a film critic that you know you're in your bubble and you're you are reviewing movies. Jeff, you are doing some scoops. You're doing film reporting. You you do watch movies, of course, and you, you, uh, you sure. Know. <laughs> and you know, on my end, I you know I'm a film lover and. Film geek. I'm wearing a Batman hat, obviously. And so I love all of it. I mean, yeah, I've done some scoops. I've done some reviews. I, you know, I kind of incite conversation and from the geeks. You're a multi
1: hyphenate, I guess they would say, at variety, but in terms of movie brands. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Which is why this is such a great show because here we are with Amy and, you know, you saw Step Up last night. I know, uh, Schmoville, you might not be aware of Step Up Five like I was, but you're a big fan of it. (laughs)
1: There's another I'm a, I'm There's another fan bill that's aware. Yeah.
2: I'm a big fan of three and four. The fan of
0: three and four? Three and four? Yeah. Okay.
2: Five was sad, but I've been looking forward to seeing five for like three months. Yeah? It's been all I've been thinking about. So it's like it's like when you wake up after Christmas and it's not as good of a present as you want it.
1: <laughs> I just love the idea that Step Up Five is like circled in red on Amy's calendar. Like, <laughs> oh, you don't
2: even know. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking that it was like opening this Friday for three weeks. I've had it on my calendar and then I keep having to look it up and be like, Amy, you're an idiot. You're wrong. That That's how excited I've been.
0: That's funny. Cool. So are you, an, in general, a huge movie fan? Or are you just, like, is step up your favorite genre? Or what What are some more movies that you love and that you review for LA Weekly? Yeah. Everything?
2: I, I review everything. I like it because I don't necessarily get to pick everything I review. My editor, Alan, in New York for The Village Voice, assigns, and And I like that. He keeps... You know, he keeps saying, are you sure this is okay? And I, I like being pointed to something because I think yeah. I do my best thinking when it isn't something I would have picked out for myself.
1: Okay. It makes you think
2: harder. Yeah. But I do like having tiny pet projects. And one of my pet projects is I wish we could go back to a time where actors had talents besides acting. Yeah. And that's why I really love the Step Up franchise is it gives me excuse to talk about how we used to have people who could actually dance and brought more skill to the table. Mm-hmm. Right. Or movies where people can sing. Like, I just... I want the old-fashioned kind of star back. Yeah. Just a couple of them. Well,
1: well, well, now, yeah, these days it's like if you're casting a big singing role, they just go get a singer. They just go get Adam Levine and put right. it in yeah. Begin Again. Right, yeah. exactly.
2: And he was kind of good at being a, a – can I say the word douchebag on here?
0: You just did, so All sure, right. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> in
2: Begin Again, but yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, you know what, though? And, and I want to go back to Channing Tatum because he's rumored to be in the Guys and Dolls. Uh, remake or reboot or whatever. I
1: don't know is. if that's going to happen. I don't
0: think it's happening either. I heard,
1: <laughs> I, I heard
0: the same thing. So, but he's kind of the i mean with with magic mike he's a good dancer and uh, like he really showed some range there so is that more of the actor that you're talking about
2: i think he's so interesting it's weird because everybody talks about him like he's just a bland hunk and i don't find him that hunky really Mm -hmm. i love his physical gifts because you can see his dance training even in stuff like 22 jump street the way he like can climb over a fence he's like a he's a great physical performer Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and and
2: i love that about him
0: and and He's a good comedic actor, too. Right? And it's to get him in do do the Cohen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar. Oh, my God. This, this cast is looking it's, amazing. It's a great cast. It's such a great cast. So I'm really excited for that. And it makes me think of, you know, when you say, like, wish he had more of those actors that could sing. And, well, you know. Tom Cruise in in uh, Rock of Ages.
2: Yeah, Tom Cruise can actually sing. He can what are sing. One of the weird things I realized while watching Top Gun is that scene where he sings You've Lost That Loving Feeling, he sings a lot better than that. He's singing it bad on purpose. Oh, well,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, that's Maverick picking up a girl in the bar, you know, and, exactly. and not being able to sing.
2: Yeah, or Maverick Knowing he can't pick up the girl and making a joke of it and pretending it's it's all yeah, uh, I'm sorry I got we really end up reading into Top Gun.
0: Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> should we just jump into Tom Cruise right now? Can we just do it? I'm like I think you're ready to go. Let's do yeah. it. Um, Let's um, do it. Okay, okay. I
0: think we could. I think we can spend the entire time talking about it, and I want to, and I want to talk about your article <laughs> to start because your article. Uh, at LA Weekly that uh, I'm going to post again, guys, on Meet the Movie Press. We have an official Facebook page, so I want you guys to go there because I'm going to post this article later and go ahead and click on that like button, share it with your friends, and then that'll take you to uh, the iTunes feed, which is so important to subscribe to that because that gets our wonderful guests like Amy to come in to talk about Tom Cruise. So what was interesting about this article for me was the, how he didn't really jump on the couch and ruin his image as as a lot of people think. That was a viral thing that kind of took the media by storm. So break it down for me Amy cuz this article was so interesting like that the media just kind of wanted to finally find you said something in your article like they finally found something they could they could tear him down with.
2: Yeah, which is amazing. One of the striking things about Tom Cruise, I think, isn't just that he had this very public savaging in the press in 2005. It's that somehow he lasted from 1981 to 2005 while yeah. keeping his nose pretty clean. Mm-hmm. And that's a time where so. he went through two divorces, mm-hmm. immediately left Nicole Kidman, and started dating like Penelope Cruz. Like some stuff went down. Sure. And he always seemed to rise above it, and it didn't seem to hurt him that much. Yeah. And so you get this sense of a feeding frenzy of people just being like boom, we got to do this. And what's interesting about that article is it didn't start off with me realizing he didn't jump on the couch. I didn't realize that till like midnight, four days before the piece was due. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, when I was rewatching it for the second time and I was like, wait a second.
0: Wow. And then
2: the whole thing just shifted. I thought I was doing a piece uh, about media culture in 2005 and how YouTube started and how TV started in Paris Hilton. Mm -hmm. And then it became something else entirely. And I got really interested in that question of why do I remember this wrong?
0: Yeah, and... I read your article, I had kind of had the same thing where I went, why do I remember this wrong? Yeah. You brought up the, the they did the Star Wars thing where, you know, he was like killing Oprah as the emperor with the oh, lightning. right, sure. And th- that video kind of went viral, of course, and then that kind of just really pushed that idea further into the media and the, and the pop culture, you know, and that is sad to me. It, it really is.
2: Exactly, because it scares me not just because of Tom Cruise, but it scares me because of what it says about my brain and everyone's brain that... We watched a weird, out-of-context, 30-second thing with obvious fake music and obvious fake effects. And we thought that was reality. We knew it wasn't reality, but we just assumed the truth behind it was real. And I think that's what happened to the viral video of Tom Cruise on the couch, is people didn't really watch it for themselves. They saw a headline. They saw that if they wanted to watch a video, they could. So they assumed that whatever they said was in the video was there. And it wasn't. And we never checked.
1: It's interesting.
0: And that was the most interesting part about your article, because it really then... Tom Cruise then had to fight his way out of that and then it went it kind of snowballed into this you know him saying these antidepressants are bad for you Brooke Shields after you gave birth why you know and then everybody was mad at him for that and then it became Scientology and then it's like you're getting away from the brilliance of Tom Cruise as an actor yeah, and that's and what our culture is now
2: exactly once there's blood in the water I think everybody descends and i it's a little frightening to me that it's been nine years and he still hasn't come out of it and now I think it's almost self-induced I think he's so paranoid that people don't love him again yeah. that he feels like he needs a number to prove it like a 300, $300 million dollar right. movie to prove that we, we love him again yeah. and so he's not doing the movies I think he should be doing like a Coen Brothers movie which would be amazing I would
0: love to see on it, and you even bring up uh, magnolia and and that's his my one of my favorite roles of his
1: tom cruise is the greatest movie star on the face of this planet or any other i he totally is a agree. one of a kind wholly unique actor who i believe in almost every single role he brings it 110 every time every time he doesn't sleepwalk through movies nope. and from what i hear about the guy he's super nice and remembers everyone's name yep. and like yeah, he's a stand-up dude. You know, I was at Running Canyon with my dog, and
0: I was talking to a guy in a baseball cap and sunglasses with his like hound dog or whatever he was with, and we were talking about dogs. And this guy was so nice. And I look up, and it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, really? And I was just like, <laughs> Ooh. you know, and that's I, that's the only contact I've ever had with the guy. Um, But I thought that was interesting and how nice he was.
2: Like starting on this book, I hear stories like that all the time. It's so crazy. People just come up to you and they're like, this one time I was a PA. He had never talked to me and then he came up and asked me what I was doing that weekend. Didn't see him again for five months. And then he's like, hey, how was was your trip to Santa Barbara? That's unbelievable. I hear stuff like that all the time. And what's surprising to me is I didn't even start writing the book I wrote about him because I was a Tom Cruise fan. Yeah. I wrote it thinking I was going to write something kind of colder and more clinical, like... How did a mediocre actor who was kind of short and a little weird looking when he started out?
1: Right.
2: How did this guy turn himself into a global brand? Which is interesting in its own way.
1: Talent. It's talent. That is the way. (laughs) And
2: that was the answer, but that wasn't the answer I was expecting. I thought I was going to write a meaner version.
1: I'm curious. Why Tom Cruise? Yeah.
2: You know, it was pitched to me by Kaede Cinema. They they read a review I wrote about um, Jack Reacher,
1: Uh which was
2: a book I took... I took, that, I took that book series very seriously. I read oh. all of them. They are so amazing. Wow. And I was really upset that Tom Cruise was cast as Jack Reacher. But he was, I was so good, people. right? He was so good. But I just had this image in my head for years that sure. it should be Michael Shannon.
0: Ooh. Because it's got to be a yeah. tall, oh, he's blonde, big guy. Yeah, scary yeah.
2: guy who like has to apologize for the way he looks when he walks up to someone in a dark alley. So I was just really attached to that. Okay. So I wrote this piece. About Jack Reacher, and I was like, oh, Tom Cruise, he just doesn't even have to act. He just shows up, and he's, I'm cool, and I'm Tom Cruise. And it was all those things I always kind of was mm-hmm. parroting, I think, people saying about him. Yeah. And so they offered me the book based on that review. Wow. And then in my researching, I was like, oh, my God, I'm totally wrong. And I had to be like, guys, this isn't the book you thought you were getting. I think he's a great actor, <laughs> and I'm an idiot.
0: Yeah, well, I—I I, to go to, again, I'm basing a lot of this off your article because it's so fantastic, but... What he he did risky business and every and he blows up and everybody wants him and Top Gun goes crazy and they want him for a sequel immediately and he's he's like no 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 I want to go do The Color Money. Money oh, I want to go do Rain Man and not be you know the the lead actor in that I mean you could argue that he is but that that's Dustin Hoffman's performance but the name Tom Cruise I think then made every, Rain Man accessible to the audience.
2: Exactly. How strange is it that a movie like Rain Man became the number one film at the box office that year? Exactly. That That
1: would never happen these days. That would never happen. That's why it's sad. And it won Oscars.
2: (laughs) Like, Oscars and number one at the box office.
1: Yeah, and was he...
0: He wasn't nominated for that, which I thought he should have been.
2: He wasn't nominated for that or Color of Money, but both of his co-stars not only got nominated for Best Actors, they won. won. And you think that... If they don't have him to play against, those roles... How annoying would, would Rain Man be if there was no Tom Cruise in that movie? And it was just Dustin Hoffman by himself.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> he'd be walking around in circles and just yeah. running into the wall, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> I, but you're absolutely right. Tom Cruise brings... that In his earlier roles, especially, like Rain Man... And Color of Money was born
1: on the Fourth of July, baby. Born on oh the Fourth of
0: July, and again, he that movie got made because he wanted to do it.
2: Exactly, I, Oliver Stone had been trying to make that movie from the, since the seventies with yeah. Al Pacino.
0: Oh and, wow! Yeah,
2: Al Pacino was his first choice. It Ooh. never got funded, and then Tom Cruise had that clout where he could be like, "Not only am I talented enough to pull this off, we can actually get this made."
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I
2: mean, we, we don't have stars like that who are exercising their power for good. We have some, but like nothing to his caliber
0: yeah and I think you know it's sad because I think of I don't know why I just thought of this but with Edge of Tomorrow it was so good and it didn't do spectacular at the at the box office and again people go oh it's Tom Cruise exactly it's because it's Tom Cruise and, and I'm, I'm like no it's not no. It, it's it's well maybe it is I don't know it's it's hard to pinpoint because I see that movie and then I go god that's good and it didn't do well and that sucks
2: it didn't and I feel like a lot of why it didn't do well is we just gotten trapped in this thinking that a blockbuster has to cost as much money as it did. So um, to make exactly. a movie like that look financially successful is so impossible.
1: Exactly. He it can't was be too doing expensive. expensive
2: movies if he needs to look like he has a hit. Yeah. Almost nothing is a hit nowadays. But, I mean,
1: no, you can make a $100 million movie, but that wasn't a $100 million movie. Yep. It was like a no. $150 million movie yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. And it
0: didn't have Marvel in the title or, yeah. or as the brand. You it was know, based which on is, a
2: Japanese manga.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is bold of him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that shows, again, he's so interesting with his choices. Like, he's always making interesting choices. And I continue wanting to see him make these interesting choices. Like, uh, what's his name in uh, Tropic Thunder? Uh, oh, Les, Les Grossman. Grossman. Les Grossman. That
1: was a guy who made interesting choices. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> he, uh, I mean... There, I mean, there was a reason why they were announcing some kind of sequel with him uh, or a spinoff movie that I guess just never happened, yeah. which I would love to have seen. God.
2: And you're an industry guy. I always hear that Sumner Redstone was really upset with Les Grossman and thought it was just Tom Cruise making fun of him for firing him from Paramount. Oh,
1: right. I... I <laughs> My sources do not ascend as high as Sumner's office, but uh, right. uh, i wouldn't be surprised i that's
0: I heard that too uh you know, just in little chatter when you know you're talking to certain people and you know and you hear about these people but yeah, I just love the fact that he put on a fat suit and didn't look like he put on a fat suit. no he just disappeared in the role
2: fun fact his hands those big hairy hands oh, are right. fake hands yep. yeah, the, the he, oh yes yeah. yeah he said to uh Ben stiller like the number one thing he's like, I want big hands. And the dancing that he does was actually not in the script. It was when they were doing his makeup test and they were like patting him out and putting all the hair on. He just started dancing to kill some time and they're like, Oh, we're putting that in.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: Well- Amy, when are we gonna get the next Tom Cruise drama? Because he's done all these kind of big movies in a row, Edge of Tomorrow, Oblivion, yeah. Jack Reacher, he's got he's, his next movie's gonna really be Mission Impossible five. Yep. Um I need to. I need another Valkyrie. I need another Magnolia.
2: Yeah, it's not soon enough, as far as I'm con- like, concerned.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would love another Rain Man if we could even say mm-hmm. that
0: there's another Rain Man out there, yeah. or just a dra- like a drama, like Jeff said. Or I
1: always wanted to see. There was this movie that was announced a long, long time ago. It was a Todd Phillips movie. It was mm-hmm. called Men. Yeah. It was like a remake of something that Tom Cruise was supposed to star in, and it was supposed to like be like a sort of Jerry Maguire type of tone. Okay. Uh... That I think that sounded so cool. I'd yeah. love to see them revisit that project. That
2: oh. would be cool. And he doesn't need the money, and I don't think he even cares that much about money. So I feel like if I was him, I would call up Quentin Tarantino and say, "Don't pay me. I'll do anything you want."
1: For real? Yeah. Yeah. That is a. Ugh, can you imagine? Not this one though. Not the. Not, no. the, hateful eight. not the hateful eight. No, no, no. no, no.
0: no, no. I had actually, and that's an aside. He needs a I, big would, star I would, I would, lo- I wish. Kind of Quentin was doing another genre, not another western. Oh, yeah. But that's beside the point. Yeah. I want to go back, Amy, to. Okay, so you were pitched this idea to write a book on Tom Cruise. So... You said yes, obviously, and so what's your process? How do you then start mm-hmm. to grab all this information? Because Tom Cruise—it's Tom Cruise, right?
1: That, that's what I was wondering too. Who do you reach out to? Because I know yes. Tom keeps a very close-knit circle that's Absolutely. tough to penetrate. Tell me, t- tell us. Let's... Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, I'm a research obsessive. Nice, but I'm not that good at calling people on the phone.
1: Okay.
0: So I there's a library here called <laughs> Are you shy? the. Uh, shy <laughs> a little.
2: <laughs> there's a library here, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and yep. it is run by these genius researchers. And you can just walk up to them and write on a folder, you know, Rain Man. And they will give you five stacks of envelopes with every clipping ever done about Rain Man. And I just lived there. I have so many notes. I have like twice as long as this book is. And I have that as a computer. And document just, of notes.
1: just think, Amy, one day some reporter's going to walk in and slip them a note for step up five, and your clips <laughs> are going to be in there.
2: <laughs> that, why, why do you think I put myself under so much pressure? But I'm
1: yeah. sorry I to want I'm that
0: sorry that to interrupt. To know that,
2: that was good.
1: Sorry, that's great. Right. Right.
0: Continue, please. Yeah and i want to go to this library too i've heard about it and i know it's i know it's that awesome it is so, incredible it yeah. is
2: incredible i mean i did the book chronologically cuz the way that it's structured is we pick 10 roles that best define him which aren't even necessarily his best roles okay but in this case they kind of were but i like I wasn't going to put Far and Away in the book as much as you know. I've met a lot of a Far and Away apologist, and I think that movie's incredibly interesting. And my mother really loves it. But
0: I love yeah. I I like Far and Away. Yeah, I I like the Anya song in it. It's
2: sweet. Right? I I like his accent.
0: Yeah, his accent, <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> I like the
2: scene where he's naked and but he has the hat on his crotch and Nicole Kidman peeks under it. And oh, that's it, right. And at the end of it, in his Oklahoma, and that's where I went to school is Oklahoma. So I feel oh, nice. a little bit of pride.
0: Okay, all right. Well, I, I like so you said ten movie roles that define him, Maverick. Yep, risky business. Uh huh. Uh, Magnolia. Yep. Okay. Um, this is fun. I know. Jeff, you want to? I mean, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I did
2: Mission Impossible four at the end to kind of sum up his action career. Okay.
0: So, Rain Man.
2: No, I didn't do Rain Man. Les Grossman. Yes, Les Grossman.
0: Uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Yep. Okay. Got four more. Jerry Maguire. Uh huh. Okay. Doing really Um, good. Not the last Samurai.
2: Not the last Samurai. (laughs) Not the last
1: Samurai. and not
2: collateral I've been getting some grief Uh, for that but not collateral I don't like that movie I
1: mean did you do Jerry
2: Maguire we already called it Yeah, sorry Jerry Maguire
1: forget Uh, what about Eyes Wide Shut
2: absolutely that was my hardest one because I don't like that movie either but it had to be written about
0: I yeah you gotta read about it it's Stanley Kubrick's last you know hurrah and you know
2: yeah, and you think about Eyes Wide Shut, what happened when he made that movie. He had just gotten the Oscar nomination for Jerry Maguire. He mm-hmm. had just done the first Mission Impossible film and started his production career. And he's like, but I have to work with Kubrick. And he goes till then end for two years. Yeah. Gives up all of it. Wow. Like, at the peak of his career to do, to do this movie that then nobody liked.
0: I'm seeing a theme here with Tom Cruise. Like, he just does interesting things. And he doesn't care. I mean, he obviously cares about his career, but he doesn't care what the media is going to say. Or maybe, you know, his agent. Who's like, uh, dude? Uh, top Gun, two Top Gun? No, no, no! Like he's he's no, still let's, going. Let's pray we never see that. I please, no Top Gun, Jerry, two Jerry Bruckheimer. Stop please. it! Stop it! Unless
2: he dies, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool.
0: It, but, can we do the, the beginning where Tom it's Tom Cruise like,
1: doesn't die yeah. on screen?
2: I think older Tom Cruise might decide to. He how much does he did is did he die in Edge of Tomorrow?
1: That would be better <laughs> That's true. That's true. What he if we hybrid him? Yeah. yeah.
2: I genuinely feel that there are like a couple mediocre Tom Cruise movies, but there are no mediocre Tom Cruise performances. No. no. honestly, the only the chief mediocre cynical movie I think he ever did is Days of Thunder.
0: Yeah. I think, and it's one of my favorites. It's yeah. one of my, would you call it a guilty pleasure, uh, like Days of Thunder? Because I, mean, I felt it was just Top Gun and Cars.
2: Yeah, well, anything that lets Nicole Kidman play like a 22-year-old brilliant neurosurgeon. you like, awesome. wait, wait, really?
0: I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's what movies are. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the
2: only movie he, I don't know if he went like specifically got writing credit, but it's the one that he really wanted writing credit on. He felt oh. like he did the most work on that script.
0: So it was Days of Thunder in that I 10. I skipped it. No. Okay. Yeah, I figured. So uh, have we gotten all of them? No. I
2: think we're missing three. There's War of the Worlds.
0: I War of the Worlds. In. Interesting. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that because of the... Surrounding publicity of it Like him jumping on the couch And that kind of thing
2: It's actually because What I find interesting About War of the Worlds Is we have this image Of Tom Cruise Who's always just The heroic character Mm -hmm. And in War of the Worlds He's the opposite He's the star of the film But every time Somebody needs saving He's like I'm not doing that And he gets mad at his son When he tries to save somebody It's a really interesting Subversion of who we think he is
0: I didn't even Yeah I didn't kind of Think about it that way I thought about it more as Oh it's Tom Cruise In a Steven Spielberg movie Yeah But um minority report no
2: because okay. i only wanted to do one spielberg movie there you go okay um, i understand interview with a vampire
0: thank you uh-huh, i love that stat.
2: movie so
0: much i love that movie so much and it's so funny how even Anne rice hated tom cruise's stat and then wrote an article in what is it variety or yeah,
2: it's like took s- a full
0: page apology sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> you were awesome you're <laughs> sorry about <laughs> it good you idea. know yeah it's a good idea and and you, now are we gonna get an and sorry yeah, on an y- yesterday. Yesterday where Anne Rice yeah. Universal vampire just picked Chronicles up series. the Vampire Chronicles and Prince Lestat. Is that a new book of hers coming I think out? I mean it's coming out, yeah. So I hope I hope to God we're not gonna get an interview with the vampire remake. No, I imagine that they would recast Lestat. Yeah, yeah. I know they're gonna recast I don't think Tom Cruise <laughs> is coming back. Is I so. just don't want to re I just don't want to remake no. Period, no. of anything interview with the vampire because that movie's brilliant.
2: That movie is so good. Although I love that it's, like, Tom Cruise being paired with Brad Pitt at the very start of their careers. And Tom Cruise being, like, Brad Pitt, you cannot even compare to what I'm about to bring to this movie.
0: Yeah, it's so he true. He
2: acts circles around him. And part of it is Tom Cruise's crazy research. Yeah. Like, Brad Pitt, like, famously, well, I don't know how famous, but gave an interview saying that he didn't even read Interview with the Vampire. He started to read it, and then he thought it was boring, and he threw it away. That's, like, him distancing himself from what he thought was an embarrassing movie. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, like, fought for the part and then not only read Interview with the Vampire he read every single book with Lestat in it because so he doesn't he,
1: do anything half assed he, he goes half-assed. all the way
2: so he comes to this movie with this rich understanding of who this character is Brad Pitt just comes in with this like slanted idea that Lestat's a bad guy because that's how um, Interview with the Vampire goes it's only through Louis's eyes and Louis is oppressive yeah. yeah. so they're in two different movies and that's so interesting Tom Trump just makes him look ridiculous so wait
1: what's, what's the 10th rule we got 9 right yeah which one did we miss
2: I'm not sure anymore did we, did we say Magnolia for sure
1: yeah. yeah, I said uh, Risky Business. Did
0: it, is okay, is that JT? Do is, did we, did, <laughs> our engineer is, is throwing, some, oh, no, throwing some signs up. I Minority can do it in Accord? order
2: really fast. I can do it in order really fast. Do it. Risky Business, Top Gun, Born on the Fourth of July, Interview with a Vampire, Jerry Maguire, Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia, uh, War, War of the Worlds. the Worlds, Tropic Thunder, and Mission Impossible. So maybe we yeah. did do
0: all of them. I think yeah.
2: we did. Okay. okay. Fair maybe I just enough. can't
0: count. I'm just yeah. a writer. I don't know math. <laughs> math is <tough>. yeah. <laughs> It was my understanding there would be no math.
1: That uh, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah, was agreed to before right, the the interview. Uh, re- right, right. The we signed we signed contracts. Right? The, no math. The other thing I love about Tom Cruise, which he doesn't really get credit for, I mean, he has some really cool executive producer credits. I know yes. we probably would never have seen NARC if it was not for him. Yep. Um, And also Shattered Glass. <laughs> Right, I know he was involved with that one. Yeah, that's right.
2: That is super true, and also behind the scenes in the Mission Impossible series, like mm-hmm. he was the one who really brought all those directors to it. And you think the genius of Mission Impossible is every film is it's different from the other because he's found not only different directors but like odd directors for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he picked Brian De Palma sort of out of like seventies art house like a slight obscurity he gave him the biggest budget of his career and said go nuts yeah he is the one who brought John Woo here and gave him this huge budget to yep. do two which I think is the worst one
0: it is I, yeah. I, I agree with and you. who yeah.
1: would have thought that cause considering John Woo is the best action director yeah. uh, of the four probably
2: yeah and then he like shows that J.J. Abrams can do a film of this scale and I then he 30. takes Brad Bird Three and, and says and this guy doesn't just yeah. have to do cartoons like mm-hmm. yeah the, the the guts behind that to take his beloved franchise and hand it over to people like that who are proving themselves. Yeah, and I, and I love amazing.
0: that that he he did choose J.J. Abrams who then hadn't really directed a movie yet and then he blows up. Obviously, he's directing Star Wars now. Um, and then Brad Bird, you just said it. He was The Incredibles and Iron Giant and Ratatouille and now he's doing uh, Ghost Protocol and now he's Brad Bird's now doing Tomorrowland with George Clooney. I mean, this this is all, like, interesting. It's like you can maybe even say Tom Cruise is helping these directors get out there. Yeah. Like, now with uh, Mission Impossible 5 director. Uh, uh, Chris McQuarrie. Chris McQuarrie. You know, writer of Usual Suspects, writer of Valkyrie, and now he's stepping to the Yeah, the Jack plate. Reacher. Yeah, really Jack sure. Reacher, yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like you see a shift in his career, like, after the Kubrick era. Like, up until Kubrick, he is on this mission to work with only the best people. He's like, Ridley Scott, check. Yeah. And then after that, he does. We finally does a Spielberg, which takes him like longer than you would expect. Yeah. But now he's like looking for that next generation, and that's really exciting. Yeah.
1: So, so, I know we have to sort of wrap this up and, and move on to the, the next topic or whatever. But um, who who's other than Tarantino, who's a filmmaker you'd like to see Tom Cruise work with, or what's like a certain movie or role that you'd like to see him play?
2: Well, when you guys brought up Channing Tatum and, and the New Coen Brothers, a part of me when that news broke was a little sad because I was really hoping he would do a Coen Brothers movie as well.
1: I Tom I, Cruise would.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would
0: love to see a Coen Brothers movie with him. I would love to see a Coen Brothers – to if we can go from Les Grossman and take a, like, a quirky character like that, put it with a Coen Brothers movie like a Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. that would be amazing to me. It's I think true. Tom Cruise, if he did like a dude, not the dude, but like a something a that Tom quirky, C- <laughs> that he could kill it. Tom he Cruise, could Coen kill Brothers that. Movie. I, You know, just the Coen Brothers. I, yeah, I could go on for hours about he really that.
2: You really could. Or we could see a Tom Cruise movie directed by Tom Cruise. Because he, for a long time, swore that he was going to direct. And the only thing he ever directed was a made-for-TV, like... Noir sex thing In the 70s Which was pretty bad But it's also just bad Because everything That was like noir sex stuff In the early 90s Was kind of terrible <laughs> Yeah right But he had a Very young John C. Riley in it And actually John C. Riley, It's not even on his list of credits It's like credited under A different name
1: Interesting And you would
2: never know That like they met Really early on To do this strange little It was like a Showtime series Wow
0: So we've we basically been Just gushing over Tom Cruise Did you actually get to meet him I don't want for this? to Okay
2: I think it would Throw it, everything it, off
0: Yeah okay.
1: Yeah, uh, I I totally sometimes I've met some <laughs> of my heroes and and yeah it you just want to remember them the way that they are up on the screen. Yeah,
2: and because genuinely I, I don't know if you will like I I would never want to read a book about myself that analyzes me that much. So I don't know if
1: did yeah. you have to talk to Amanda Lundberg?
2: I sent her a copy of the book. Okay, but that's all. Just and Amanda like, Lundberg is, is
1: Tom's publicist. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So that's interesting. So it's really you're coming at it as a fan then you're yeah. breaking down you you said 10 roles that defined him and we all speculated because there's God, there's, so there's so many, so many yeah. yeah
2: and kind of like what we were talking about the about the couch and the idea of like new memory that was the weird thing about doing this book is i had all these bad memories of these films mm-hmm. but of being something flatter and less interesting than they are yeah and the weird thing about a tom cruise movie is you go back and you watch it again and you're like this is not how i remember it top gun is not that like like cheesy and pumping around and like being a big cornball it's like a dark thing about his his dad yeah, you know, you remember stuff weird. Risky business is not him sliding on in his underwear. It's about like prostitution and how he's a virgin, and it's a very uptight, weird movie. Yeah, and the, it's only when he's drunk that he slides across the floor. Up until then, he's not even having fun in the movie. Like it's, that's right. He's, it's weird.
0: He, he he doesn't want to have fun in that movie. I yeah. mean, that's his like character. That's his arc. His, exactly. The, the 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 prostitutes basically like you need to enjoy yourself. Exactly. Kid. So that's and,
2: what kept this interesting to me is, like, just realizing that I had him wrong in every single movie. Yeah. And that there's always something going on that I was I was just too, oh, Tom Cruise is a movie star, not an actor, to mm-hmm. notice.
0: So you're at the Academy uh, Motion Picture Arts and Science uh, Library, and you pick the 10 movies, and then you just go in depth for every single movie? And, like, love letter to Tom Cruise in each one? Or is it, like, facts, publicity, media that also informed the decisions is it that kind of stuff Yeah, there's
2: a lot of research. There's yeah. a lot of like qu- I found just so many quotes and in interviews. It's it's a very dense I
0: can't wait to book. finish the book this weekend. I know. Yeah. I, me too. And it, how long did it take you?
2: No, well, it's the French were really mean because they like to go on vacation in the summer for the entire summer. So they gave me 2 months and I was like, "You're jerks. I want 4." So they gave me 3. Okay. Which, you know, is a very evil compromise. <laughs> I mean, so I didn't sleep. I had insomnia for a while. It feels, it felt so good to turn it in last year. Yeah. yeah. And
0: so where can people find it?
2: Uh, Amazon, I suppose. Amazon? I know, it came out on Monday.
0: It came out on Monday. Yeah,
2: I only saw it for the first time yesterday because I haven't even gotten my copies yet from the publisher. But Are you my doing any signings? Mine. Uh, I don't signings are so silly.
1: Will you sign? Will you sign my PDF? <laughs> <laughs> no, I will
2: totally sign your, can, did you. Can you do a Sharpie? Can I just write right here? Just
0: right yeah, just, exactly just if so. you put it up in the corner right <laughs> it's here, because I, I need to check my Twitter feed. You know, I don't want it right here. Um, yeah,
2: I just want people to read it. So there's an I, excerpt of the Eyes Wide Shut chapter on Vanity Fair, okay. and the entire Magnolia chapter is on Grantland as of this week.
0: Oh great! Uh, so I love Grantland. Me too. It's so cool. So good, good okay, for you. and so Amazon, you can get it. I mean, is it something like too? You can walk in Barnes and Noble and it's there.
2: I don't know. Somebody got it at Skylight Books this week. They okay. Told me. So it's in print. Just it's a, in print. It's, yeah. It's and, big huh? too.
0: It's like. Is it like 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 Anatomy of an Actor. I love it. <sighs> There's I ca- a, yeah. I can't wait to read it and and hear more from you. So what's your next? Thing are you did step up five review? Is that <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: my afternoon. Yeah. Okay,
0: that's your afternoon. I also yeah. saw a tweet uh, from you that uh, didn't like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you?
2: No, and I mean, I loved that movie a lot. I'm just of the age where when the first one came out, I was 11, and I watched it so
0: much. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I saw your tweet, and it was like, I'm afraid
1: to read the review. I just retweeted it. Yeah, (laughs) oh, you did? Oh, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. it's so
2: generic. It's really sad. And the first one was weird. It had like they went, like, like they were kids and they were smoking, and like, yeah. And this one's just super generic. Give me
1: this much, Amy. Does Megan Fox look good?
2: She looks good, but oh my God, Michael Bay is mean to her because April, I'm sorry, I'll take two seconds.
1: Do April it. O'Neil
2: <laughs> is, you know, like walking around and solving cases and actually doing smart stuff and nobody in the film ever acknowledges it. Instead, they just keep talking about how hot she is. And it's really sad. Like oh, that sucks. she never gets any credit for her brains in the movie. Like Michelangelo looks at her and he I can't goes, "Believe
1: Michael She's Bay?
2: She's would... so hot, I feel my shell tightening." And it's just creepy. Like it's it's it feels like they set her up so that she looks like an idiot.
1: Oh, this yeah. doesn't sound like Michael Bay's mo. I don't yeah, know. Michael Bay. He's he loves women, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he likes to
0: film them a lot from the behind. He's awesome like that. Well, if I don't you don't... stay
2: at the credits, there is like a gratuitous shot of a Victoria's Secret billboard with the turtles as the boobs.
0: Oh, that's and in the that's kidding. in the trailers. Creativity, the folks. Trailers? Yeah, that's in the trailers. Oh. I know that shot. Well, that's we... the post credit scene.
2: Well, it's just as the credits are going. <sighs>
0: yeah,
1: <sighs> it's the sewers. As, as someone as someone tweeted, "Cowabummer." Cow- uh, that's <laughs>
2: good. I wish I thought it. <laughs> let,
1: let's talk about DC before we we got to yeah, go. Yeah, we
0: got to go, but we we got to talk about DC. Everybody's been talking about this. And Amy, I want your your opinion on this because it's interesting for the movie landscape. DC, Jeff, I was writing my coverage of it, and I I see your tweet come out. I wrote, you know, DC blinks, and I see yours come out, and I'm like, oh, I got to change that, you know, because I you said that's something similar, and oh, yes, and is that the media really making? More of a big deal than this. Uh, that yes, and I, I, like Marvel One,
1: I wrote Warner Brothers a note too, and and I think uh, you know Todd Cunningham, who I share a co byline with on that story. Yeah, we were like, and and Warner Brothers understands. We had to play it up like that, like the whole Warner Brothers flinches that kind of thing.
0: Absolutely, uh,
1: in this game of chicken that the media has created out of this. But I totally understand Warner Brothers when they're when they're saying it's just a good move it's, it's smarter to be the first movie out like you're yep. getting in front of captain america even if captain america opens overseas a couple of weeks you know before here no they're gonna there's have still good... enough time yeah and and whenever first of all whenever you put this batman movie out it's going to be huge i i think the analytics as i call it don't lie when yeah. i covered comic-con
0: i mean the internet exploded with the footage and when avengers footage came out it was like there, there's kind of we know what we're getting with marvel that's the way I feel. Right. DC and the shared universe—it's it, just so interesting now. So it's like everybody wants to see Batman and Superman on
1: screen. Yeah. So moving it is very smart. Yeah. We don't I, care whether it's May or June or July. I don't care if it's Tuesday or Wednesday or Saturday. Just, yeah. It's yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. coming
0: out in March, which is awesome. We get it sooner than than we thought. Right. And it's now we get a blockbuster in March. Like Amy, what do you think about all this? Like,
2: I would love to see around the clock. Uh, blockbusters just doled out. I don't know why we crammed them into a few months. I think it's really silly. I mean, March, I think, has a, a slight tinge of, of nervousness to it because we've seen some huge bombs in March lately. You, but some you actually, hits. Yeah, you like said John something Carter. interesting.
1: bomb? Yeah. Okay, so John Carter. Like John Carter,
2: Carter um, Mars Needs Moms was, I think, the no. Disney one before then. And then, like, the weird ones that do well in March tend to be, like, really female-driven so far, like mm-hmm. Alice, Alice in Wonderland Hunger and Hunger Games. Yeah,
0: yeah, Hunger Games. But
2: I think it's good for the industry to start spacing stuff out.
0: Yeah, why do we have to have summer be like, every weekend there's a blockbuster and it's going to be They just...
1: cannibalize each other. Yep. Yeah. You, you have to make all your money opening weekend because then you're taking a 50 or 60% drop the next weekend. Yeah. And the same thing goes for the other side of the coin, the award season movies. Why are these all in three months they, of wh- the
0: year? Why can't we go back to Silence of the Lambs coming out in February and yep. winning
1: Best Picture a year later? I mean, it, it, is it that hard? Because, studi- I mean, they're just afraid. They're, yeah. they're afraid to take the gamble. And, yeah. And, uh... And I think, so, are you,
0: would you guys say that, like, DC took a little bit of a gamble by moving it to March? I mean, I don't think, I, I think you could throw this in January and it would blow the socks off of everyone. That it would just be doesn't awesome matter. if
2: somebody threw a blockbuster like this in January. Because,
0: right, they call it the graveyard of, of movie season. Yeah, you know, you get, like, an another an under- Underworld movie in January and that's pretty much it. So, I feel like DC is now going to open it on, it's March 25th. We got Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice.
1: It could probably be number one for, like, a month. And you know what? I'm just I'm salivating over the idea of watching the Super Bowl with my buddies and seeing a brand new Batman vs Superman trailer. Yeah, yeah. that's that's that, where uh, we're gonna get that. You, I mean, you'll be able to advertise it. What are the two biggest TV events of the year? It's the Super Bowl and the Oscars. No, yeah. they're right there, yeah. right before March. So I, I think that we're gonna you'll see-, see Warner Brothers take advantage of those two. Uh, yeah,
2: it's true, and I think if this hits, we're going to see a lot more of that.
1: Yeah, I think.
0: I mean, I think uh, you know, a lot of people were speculating that you know DC kind of looked at what Captain America did with with Mar- what Marvel did with Captain America in April, mm-hmm. and saw that it could be successful. It's still number one domestic, you know, uh, this year, so that's great. So
1: why not? Nikki Fink made a good point in her article as well, um, where she said DC had a chance to look at Marvel's slate. They had a chance to see all the release dates so maybe that's why they waited and didn't announce at Comic Con yeah um,
0: yeah. We, we, we did a little bit of speculating on uh, like did Nikki Fink's scoop kind of blow the DC's you know presentation for, uh, for Comic Con but I don't know I it, it's hard to tell with these things you know she got a lot right I think and maybe she got a lot wrong I don't know I mean we still don't even know the titles I mean that's the other news it's like we're gonna have DC movies for the next 50 or 60 years <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. There's
1: it, I, there's a lot of superhero movies coming out. There there will be fatigue. I almost guarantee it. There
2: already is, I think, a little. Yeah. Um, What's and, the over-under on it having a colon and then something really portentous and dumb after it? Ends?
1: Right. Uh, I know, two to the, one these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the franchise fatigue with superheroes, I mean, it's got to be done well. It'll be
1: interesting to see which one is the is the first big flop.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. We haven't really had, and, I mean, some of these open really well um even amazing spider-man 2 which i did not like at all I, I thought it was one of the worst movies of the year it
2: broke my heart because i'm a big emma stone fan
0: oh yeah i'm a i'm a spider-man fan and it's it's just dude mm. emma stone's probably delighted to be out of that franchise thing <laughs> i is. know it's like right you follow the comics right you God. killed oh sorry spoiler alert <laughs> you guys know this yeah, yeah, spoiler alert, she dies and Emma Stone's like, "You read the comics, right? I need to get out." Oh, just to get out of here. Okay. I, we could go on and on Yeah, with this. well, that,
1: that that's enough on that. Yeah. Um is there anything else that we got to touch on or I wish we could touch on we more, don't have time. With time.
0: no, okay. we're 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 out of time. Fair enough. But Amy, god, I can't wait to see to read your book and yes. to hear it, it's Tom Cruise. This is this is a love letter to Tom Cruise, I think, because When you think about the 10 rules that defined him, we started
1: geeking out, if that's a word for Tom Cruise, but I know you were excited. Amy, you had me at hello, but it's time to say goodbye. (laughs) Snyder, you complete (laughs) me. Oh my
0: God, I love this. And so where, okay, so Amazon, you can uh, find your book, Anatomy of an Actor, Tom Cruise, Uh, the Amy Nicholson on Twitter. Schmelvo, give her some love, please.
1: Yep. And, uh... Jeff Snyder, where can the good folks find you? Uh therap.com, uh, filing daily, even on the weekends sometimes, and yeah. over on Twitter at the InSnyder.
0: I like that. Who knows
1: what I'll say.
0: Yeah, th- you follow these guys and and Jeff, you know, he's fun on Twitter. You gotta follow him because it, it's it's some good stuff. And uh, as always, guys, you can follow me at RileyAround. You can see me at uh, editor in chief at schmozennow.com. And you guys, please subscribe, share, rate, comment iTunes. It's very important to keep this show alive and going. And
1: you guys, I mean, you're killing it right now. Meet the movie press. Thank you for the warm response, Schmoville. I really appreciate it. Yeah. We got up, we got started off on the wrong foot, and uh, <laughs> and and now I feel like I'm a part of the the community. So thank you.
0: Yeah, you don't know the backstory, Amy. He was no, you, he was. We'll uh, tell you off
1: camera. We'll tell you I'm off sorry. camera.
0: We we covered that last week. But you guys also check out the Schmo's No Network. We have Jedi Alliance with Ken Knapsock and Maude Garrett. Uh, that's the love letter to Star Wars every week. And debuting next week, we have profiles with Sam uh, I'm sorry Alicia uh, uh, Malone and Scott Mance. I don't know why I was saying Sam oh, I love Alicia <laughs> yeah you know Alicia oh, yeah, I know Alicia yeah we got a big network coming as well as Guilty Movie Pleasures with uh, uh, Josh McCougas coming out so we have a, a lot going on so guys rate subscribe share with your friends visit schmozno.com and you'll see us uh, every day doing this kind of stuff and i'm just really excited to have you here amy thank you so much for coming queen my pleasure you come back again love to awesome we'll do, oh, do the the do, jellyfish
1: do i get do i get a pound over oh, there absolutely you get two all right we'll blow it up nice <laughs> thank
0: you and after this we're doing the the dance off so thanks schmoville Bye, everyone. check us out at schmozno.com. we'll see you next week From producers Christian Harloff, Mark Ellis, and the entire Schmoes No Network crew, we would like to thank you for listening to Meet the Movie Press. Special thanks to Kevin Undergaro and Maria Manunos, the author of Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, in stores now. To watch or listen to other Schmoes No Network episodes, get movie news, or join the conversation, be sure to visit schmoesno.com. I'm the Pit Boss, and this has been a presentation of Schmoes No.